Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. We're back with another one of those What Did We Watch This Month episodes. Last month was really short because Brian and I were binging Game of Thrones, but that's over with. So now I've got like 12 things on my fucking list. So we're going to be doing a lot of doubling up on this one. Um, so I'll, I'll kick it off, I guess. I'm going to do this one real quick. Uh, I watched two movies that I'm just I'm not going to say too much about because I'll say that they are firmly in the stay tuned category <laughs> of horror movie night. Uh, Psycho Cop Returns, which was suggested to me by one of our listeners, Tom. And uh, Scream Factory sent me the Blu-ray for Man's Best Friend. Uh, both are something. 
<laughs> they are. Got Lance they Henderson. are something. Yeah. And and Ali Sheedy in Man's Best Friend. <laughs> Whatever happened to her? Nah, she did Man's Best Friend. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, nothing like a, a very awkward cut between a real dog and a prosthetic dog that can swallow cats whole. Um, uh, you're kind of selling it for me. Yeah. Oh, you would love it. It's it's uh, it's something. Um, and then Psycho Cop Returns. It's from the guy who wrote and directed uh, Invisible Maniac, and it shows. So that's all I've got to say about those two. Uh, who wants to do it next? Um, <laughs> who wants to do it next? <laughs> <laughs> I I guess I'll jump on. I don't know how I'm going to bunch a lot of these together, but I'm going to start by saying I watched Lorena the Jordan Peele docuseries about Lorena and John Wayne Bobbitt. And Ooh. boy, was it a fucking watch, man. Like it Jordan, it Jordan Peele, Jordan Peele. Hmm. I don't know if he directed or produced it, um, but his name is attached to it, but it was so well busy. done. Yeah, um, dude, that's that twilight zone trailer. Got me, insane. got me so, something excited. Yeah, it <laughs> looks, they did such a good job of like, you start watching this show and the first episode ends and you're like, this bitch is crazy. And then it immediately, the following three episodes, she was like raped and abused by him. And like, you're like 100% voting for her. And it just shows like, no, don't get me wrong. Our country has a long way to go. But we have definitely made some minor improvements from the 90s of how like it's I felt like I was watching a documentary based in the 70s. You know, it was like, uh, are women are women being treated fairly or are they being raped and beaten by their husbands? We brought in a bunch of old white men to discuss. What are your guys thoughts? And they're like, no, they're not <laughs> like, I'm like the fuck. I was alive for this. This is insane. Um, that, and then I'll just plug no, no, uh, no ties to it, but just trying to, to burn through this list, watch the Florida project for the first time. And I fucking loved it. Um, if you were someone that needs like a movie with like a, a huge plot and storyline, it's not real. It's like not the movie for you. It's very the way, way back eighth grade where it's just kind of a movie that exists in a way. You know, there's obviously a storyline and a plot in this and those other two movies, but it's it's more it's just, just a, a snapshot feel good. of people's lives. Yeah, yeah, it's like a feel good film. You know, um, I really enjoyed it and I didn't watch it when it first came out because I heard it from a lot of people. It sucked, but I enjoyed it personally. Those are my two. All right. So I have to tell you guys about the time that I got super sick um this month and just burnt through so many mcu films um well not really uh so i was uh i i had some dental surgery done and that i found out after taking the medication for the pain that i my medication, my medication <laughs> uh, yeah that i cannot take codeine it really mm. fucks me up. Me neither. No, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so um, I spent twelve hours um, writhing in pain, uh, and so in that time, I watched. These are all rewatches: Infinity War, Iron Man two. Oh, then I watched the Glow Doc, and then I watched GI Joe: Rise of Cobra. Oh, and I, I, that was that was the first and last time watching GI Joe Rise of Cobra because um, it's not as 
fun as I wanted it to be. Is it's like very Street Fighter in that somebody knew they were making a funny movie, but not enough people to really make it a fun watch. Yeah, I feel like my rem- my memory of that was that it felt like The Rock was one of the only people that understood what he was in. And, like, everyone else was taking it way too seriously. Wait. But it's been forever. Wait. Rise of Cobra. I, is that? Wait, is that one with The Rock? No. I don't know. G.I. Joe. Oh, no. I'm thinking Rise of G.I. Joe Retaliation. Um, yeah. Yeah. That This one has. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Hold on. Um, I, I know the people's names. I just. Hold on. Um, yeah, they all kind of blend together. Yeah. G.I. Joe movies. Uh, Dennis never Quaid, been a good Channing one. Tatum. That's what. Channing Tatum. How many of them are there? more than there should be i think there's at least three or four what looks like i got some work to do (laughs) oh joseph gordon levitt is in it too which i think is really funny jgl (laughs) i think that that guy just he has all that 10 things i hate about you money so he's like i'm just gonna go do weird movies from now on that's why we get you know ron john which fucking rocked such a good movie and then you know, or no, he's got that third rock from the sun money, and that's why. I was gonna say, yeah. was gonna say he's got the third rock from the sun money, where he can just do whatever the fuck he wants. So he's doing stuff like Brick, yeah, and The Lookout, and all those other movies that were fun, and and Don Juan, Don Don, Don, Don Juan. Juan. So, <laughs> um, uh, and also, uh, I think it was either the day or before or the day after I was ill. Um, I rewatched Ant-Man and the Wasp with Megan and um, she enjoyed it and I fucking love it. Just kind of getting ready for uh, Captain Marvel to come out in a couple weeks and then we got to wait like what two months and then we get uh, Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for for Endgame for sure. And I loved Ant-Man and the Wasp. I thought that was a really fun movie. I think that Ant-Man is one of the most fun of the uh mcu film like concepts because the first ant-man is a heist movie it's basically oceans 11 with superpowers which is awesome and then i mean plus paul rudd can do no wrong i love paul rudd and then ant-man and the wasp just it's really great because there's no real bad guy you know because i think that the the whoever wrote ant-man and the wasp i don't i don't want to say it's the russos because i don't think it was but um whoever wrote it took all the things that people criticized about the first Ant-Man, which is that Yellow Jacket is a shitty fucking villain. And they were like, you know what? You hated the first villain. We're not going to have one. Yeah. And it's awesome. Yeah. It's a, it's a really solid movie. And the MCU, I feel like this, the le- the latest batch over last year of MCU movies could like do no wrong. There wasn't really a bad one. The last bad, the last actually bad MCU movie, in my opinion, is, uh, Thor Dark World. Everything else has been yeah. amazing. I mean, like, I didn't really like Iron Man 3, and I won't ever watch Thor Dark World or Iron Man 3 again, but I'm pretty sure that Thor Dark World came out after Iron Man 3. Yeah, so it definitely consider, did. Definitely Consider did. that the last of the bad MCU movies. And even a bad MCU movie is visually... If 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 when I was sick, if I could have watched Thor Dark World, I would have. Yeah. If it was yeah. streaming. Um, so I'll do... Uh, these two probably so I've been starting my watch of 2019 movies and getting you know started building the list and here's two movies that are guaranteed to not be in my top 10 they were definitely two films that I was very un uh I mean underwhelmed by but I really didn't expect to have much of a love for them um one was kind of disappointing it was isn't isn't it romantic um 
which I love rom-coms. It's from the director of Final Girls. It's very similar to the concept of Final Girls. So I was like, maybe the trailers just aren't making it look so great. But it's maybe five minutes of a really cool short slammed into an hour and a half movie. Uh, so and I was kind of disappointed. No, it's Rebel Wilson. No, no, Rebel Wilson. Yeah. So I was kind of disappointed by that. Um, but right now, my least favorite movie of the year was The Prodigy, uh, which I went into expecting it to be bad anyway. But like this was one of those ones where when I go to see a movie in the theaters, I shut off my phone. I like disconnect from everything. And all I wanted to do was turn on my phone and see how much time was left. <laughs> like I was just so over it. It's so boring. It's got dog death, which is always a negative. And like the premise. So the movie, the trailer set you up to think that this movie is like just a crazy kid movie. You know what I mean? Like evil, super genius movie, maybe like the, the beginnings of a supervillain, something like that. Right out the gate, the movie begins and you realize that it is a killer reincarnation movie. So oh, see, I don't know. Did you see Were there multiple trailers for it? Because I got that from the trailer. See, I didn't. So the movie starts off with a serial killer being killed at the exact same time that a baby's born. And then it's just a series of like they keep stressing this isn't possession. He's not possessed. He's the reincarnation of this person. But like, wouldn't that how would that work? Does that mean that the soul only touches a body when it comes out of a vagina? Yeah, I look. Take I, that pro life. Fuckers. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's just like. It's so boring. It's so drawn out. It tries to go with like a dark ending and you're just kind of like, I don't care. Like, I don't there care. Are people on Nobody Instagram cares, that... Sean. Nobody cares. cares. <laughs> but yeah. It, a lot of people it's on Instagram a... were loving it though. Yeah, I know. And I, I'm sure that'll be a movie. Like, <laughs> was it, sorry, was it as bad as like Slenderman no. or the Winchester last year? No. But it's like, it's that movie that I'm going to forget. Right now, it's my least favorite movie of the year, but I've only seen eight films so far from 2019. <laughs> it's been so, fucking eight weeks, and you're like, I've only seen eight films. I've only yeah. seen eight of the films. Um, so who knows? I'm sure that there'll be something way more egregious that comes out, but like, it's going to be that movie that I forgot existed by like April. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just it's there. It's the 2019 version of Possession of Hannah Grace. Exactly. Like, it's just there. Uh, all right, Brian. So, hmm, do I want to go with Dog Death or Bad Movie? Uh, go with Bad Movie. <laughs> to try and, I'm going to go with Bad Movie. Um, so I watched two. I watched uh, last night, me and Jade watched Don't Knock Twice, or as I like to call it, Don't Watch Once. We have fun on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that joke sucked. <laughs> Dude. Oh, knocked it out of the park. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put three on this list. Um, Don't knock twice was very blah of a movie. Um, is it a horror craft. movie? What is it? Yes, it's a horror movie about this woman. Uh, so the, a, a witch, quote unquote, that if you knock on her door, she's gonna come and get you. Um, so candy. And yeah, two two kids knock on her door. One kid very very easily gets taken, and the second kid it's a it's a battle um i That's couldn't wait for it to movie? be over yeah two she, kids they, it's 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 two it's two kids and then there's a lot of like uh plot twists that that aren't really good um it's not worth watching we we watched it on netflix and i knew it was going to be bad but jade seemed really excited uh for the jump scare so i watched it for her hey, and i at least she didn't smirked. pay for it 
Yeah. Next we watched, which I knew wasn't going to be good, but I didn't expect it to be as painful and unwatchable. And I watched the whole thing, which was Traffic um, that just came out. Probably, yeah, about the, uh, oh, yeah. the couple where... Yeah, there was because there was that and there was Breaking In that both kind of felt like they were the yeah. same movie. Yeah. And, and Us looks like it's just going to be a way better version of both of those <laughs> movies. Traffic had no pacing for like and i'm already like it's it's hard to please me with a with a home invasion movie Mm -hmm. and this like knocked it out of the park with just like such a bad movie terrible pacing didn't make sense and the next one i got a quarrel with some of the people on the facebook page down the new into the dark movie was so average and (laughs) She's so hateable where it's like, I'm not, I, I'm not a guy that like t- likes to pick apart movies. I try not to be that guy. You just want to, you want to exist with them while you watch. Yeah. Them. Yeah. I'm not like the guy that's like, Oh, what is she doing? Running up the scare stairs. Like I get you at, you react differently when you're, um, when you're scared and I apologize for some spoiler alerts, but so when she finds out who the killer is three times, she 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 implies like go fuck yourself. I'm gonna call the cops on you. So then he 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 holds her and tries to kill her. And then she's like, wait wait, trust me. And then she gets like an inch away from him. And is like, ha fuck you. And then he catches her again. Like it's just like just the play fuck? the just play the role. Just wait till you're safe and call the cops. Stop reminding him that you're gonna turn on. It was just, she but was just why like infuriated. Go because it was like a stalker type deal where she's like, oh yeah, we could you know you know what you're right we should be together and he's like really how do i know that you're not just doing what you did last time she's like i promise i'm not and he's like okay and then he's like well you could take a few steps this way she's like ha, gotcha not gonna be with you calling the cops now and he's just like well get over here then and it's like oh now we're in another problem it was it wasn't the worst at the end of the dark but it definitely i saw it posted on the page and i reminded that it came out and everyone was like probably the best one and i was like super excited and it was it was a snooze fest. Big old snooze fest for me. So those are my three shit movies. All right, Scotty. All right, so uh, where are we at? What do we got? Um, I have to tell you guys the best fucking experience of the last month easily uh, visually was Pen15 on Hulu. Holy shit. I still have to watch it. Oh man, you're going to burn through those 10 episodes in like a weekend. It's so we we only let ourselves do max two a night and it was hard. It took us all week, you know, it was like two a night to get through to the 10 episodes, but yeah. um, especially watching it with Jade. If you if you have a if you are a man with a female significant other, uh I feel like you will get more benefit from watching it with a woman who was a teenager in the uh around the the millennium like around 2000 because it's set in 2000 mm-hmm. um because it's like i got the nostalgia of some of the cultural things but i didn't get the girl teen cultural references and megan was like oh my god this is so real this is so exactly like my experience at that time so the, the the concept is that these two these two female comedians 
who are hilarious, by the way, are, are they're like 30 in real life. They're playing themselves as 13 year olds on the show. And so the first episode, you're like, oh, my God, these 30 year old women are playing 13 year olds around a bunch of 13 year olds. But then you lose that and you're like seeing them as 13 year olds. It's really wild. And um, they're, they're so funny. Like they're they're they're. You can tell that they wrote it because they and that they lived it because it's it's all about like the the their their posture and their physical reactions to things and just it's so realistic. It's basically like if Freaks and Geeks was more authentic. It, this is like the most authentic teen thing I've ever seen. I'm not saying it's the most charming or the best, but it's the most realistic it's just basically like going back in time and watching a slightly um scripted version of what life was like for junior high kids in 2000 all right it's so yeah, it's good. definitely on my list i'm super excited to watch it now yeah you should definitely definitely put it high on your list because it is so good it's just so fucking good man we're out of shows too, so I probably as soon as I get back from this trip, I'm going to start it. All right, I'm going to uh, tackle the two kids movies that I saw so far in 2019. Um, one that was great, and one that was pretty good. Uh, so the kid who would be king um, did really bad at the box office. I think it was like out of theaters within two weeks, but it was a ton of fun. It was a total 80s sorcery film mixed with goonies it's written and directed by the guy who wrote attack the block like it's just got that 80s kids movie vibe going throughout it it's a little long it's a little drawn out like it's not gonna ever make my top 10 of the year but it was fun um the other movie that i saw that was great was lego movie 2 the second one which also i think did really bad at the th- at the box office but just if you love the first Lego movie, you're going to love the second one. It's so funny. It's so ridiculously meta throughout the whole experience. Um, I Chris, feel like that's that's all the movies. Well, Chris yeah. Pratt voices two characters in this one. So he voices the main character and then he voices a character named Rex Danger, who's literally just a parody of Chris Pratt. So like Rex Danger is described as a a star guardian raptor training uh, cowboy, which is just like three of his big movie roles, and then describes himself as, yeah, I'm a whole bunch of solid muscle that was just secretly hidden under baby fat for 10 years. <laughs> so it's like just very on the nose with like, this is Chris Pratt voicing Chris Pratt, like the whole movie. Um, well, here's one thing. Does, does Chris Pratt's personal belief systems and uh decision life decisions really like make it hard for you to enjoy his movies now because it does for me i mean i don't mind that he's like super hyper weirdly religious but i i don't know how i feel about i don't know i I like the religiosity which is weird but more about like he's done some really questionable shit in his relationships yeah, that that I don't especially because I really thought that him and um, Anna. what Anna were like a power couple. You know what I mean? Like, how it's one do of those you not like, love Anna Ferris? 
That's what I mean. I like, it's like, oh, they're so, they're so perfect for each other. Like, it's kind of like in a weird fucked up way when like, I remember there's only two times that like a celebrity breakup besides them. I was like, no, they were supposed to last <laughs> was like, um, weirdly enough was, uh, Miley Cyrus when, and the homeless kid. Yep. Yeah, no, like, no, I keep, uh, <laughs> Courtney Cox and, and David Arquette. Like, I know. Like, I was just like, man, like, they always had good chemistry in the screen movies and they seem like they always were having fun when you'd see them out and about. So that one hurt. And it was before anybody really knew or cared about either one of them. But like, I remember being in college, finding out that James Gunn and um, Pam from the office had a divorce. And I was just like, no, (laughs) (laughs) which he joked. I remember I was following him on Twitter and he posted a thing that was like, list of tattoos that i've considered getting since divorce and one of them was jim and pam forever (laughs) (laughs) and apparently they remain good friends like she helped him a lot with super and like helped get him dwight from the office to be in that movie so like they weren't like a bad breakup but it still bummed me out because they were just two really weird funny people where i'm like well how if they can't make it work what hope do I have? <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, maybe I'll tell not you what, being dude. famous. That helps a lot. Yeah. yeah. You, you saying that brings to mind if John Krasinski and Emily Blunt don't last, that that would bother me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. She, but, uh, dude, they have like three kids together and are incredibly in love. And they're like, I. if it wasn't for them, there's so many times where I'm like, I don't see any celebrity couples. I don't see monogamy being a thing in any celebrity relationship, but I, I, I feel like I see it with them. Yeah. There's a few, it's weird. Cause there's like the ones like Sarah Michelle Geller and Freddie Prince are still going yeah. all these years later, but they also both are like, Hey, let's step away from the spotlight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she just wants like, to they're be like, a mom we, and like, yeah, I think they're like, she, we made our money. Yeah. <laughs> th- did she, um, maybe she like does an Instagram or something and probably gets money from that. But I don't know. Yeah, she she makes money on Buffy and he like does writing. He he cuz like he was like one of the head writers for WWE for like 10 years. What? Like just That yeah. is blowing my fucking mind. Yeah, he's cuz he's a huge wrestling buff. So he huh. like wrote for WWE. He was like one of the directors for WWE for a while like So they they found a way to like keep making money in Hollywood while not being front and center and I feel like that sometimes is the only way to really make it work. Yeah, be a writer. Yeah, no one, no one breaks up with. Well, everyone breaks up with the writer. But if you're, <laughs> no, but no one bothers. Like, if if you want to be in the entertainment industry, but you're not like someone that's like, I want fame and fortune. Like, be a writer. Yeah, no one you knows who money. the fuck you are. Yeah, you make you know money. You, you get to go to cool parties, and the only yeah. people who know who you are are people that you want to know who you are. Yep. <laughs> so that's it for me, uh, Brian. <laughs> All righty, let's do a. Disney updates. Watch yeah. Incredibles 2. Dude, so did I. Holy shit, this it's is so delightful. weird. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I loved it. It was on Yeah, man, it was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I thought it was I thought it was really good. Um I mean, I don't think it was better than Incredibles 1. Um but watching it, I remember when I the last year when I went on my Disney trip, I I got my I'm super close with with my supervisor. We just kind of bust balls and talk movies and and I was going to get him a mug. So I texted his wife. I was like, ask Tony what his favorite uh, Disney movie is. And, and he said Incredibles to her. And I was like, whose favorite Disney movie is Incredibles? 
And then watching Incredibles 2, I realized how great Incredibles is. I still think it's weird to be your favorite, but like, great well, movie. And I think that Incredibles 2, I do think that the first Incredibles is a better movie, but I think Incredibles 2 has a way better villain. Like, I great. love the screen slaver. Yeah, I love, I, I love, uh, I love the red herring of like figuring out the movie because like when you first watch it, you're like, okay, Disney films are predictable, and you're one hundred, you're you're completely certain that it's the brother, like you're ready that that's going to be the the game. Well, I mean, he's voiced by Bob Odenkirk, which is yeah. just like the perfect villain nice guy who's going to go crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 I was like, oh, that kind of sucks. I already figured it out, and then once they caught the bad guy so quickly, I was like, okay, it's definitely coming. And then it's a curveball. Uh, I, I also just like, I like that the screenslaver does that thing that all good villains should do, which is like, they have a point. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. when, when you're watching a villain and you're hearing their plan and you're like, yeah, but is, is she wrong? Are we too obsessed with the screen? Are we too obsessed with this stuff? Like I, and I love that, Disney of all people aren't afraid to like do a movie that that addresses that shit because usually I think it's the the divide between Disney and Pixar is I'm not sure if you've seen any of the Pixar shorts that have come out but like they just put out a short called uh called Kitball Kitball and it's the story of a stray cat who befriends an abused pit bull that's being forced into dog fighting and it's fucking heavy to watch yeah. like, it's heavy and pixar does not shy away from any of that shit where they're just like yeah the world's fucked up and there's fucked up things that happen and like you either become part of the problem or you make it a point to like rise above it and try to change yeah i mean just look at i think that that's the right thing to do (laughs) i mean yeah you we we tried with the um we tried with the pretending like shit doesn't exist and we raise the generation of people that genuinely like believe that bad shit doesn't exist <laughs> you know are you, like, are you referring like, to anti we're just like racism's been dead for a hundred years well what do you explain this that's fake news <laughs> show me the real news so let's address it so i, I i'm with you pixar i i gotta say something about Incredibles versus Incredibles 2. And it's been a long time since I've seen Incredibles. I think I watched it twice the year it came out and I haven't watched it since. I mean, it's a great film. It's just not something I've gone back to. Um, I really liked, in Incredibles 2, I felt like it was what we need, in my opinion, and I understand that Pixar probably understands this too. What we need is more movies in general that don't talk down to the audience. I think that people have, that, that, the desire to have the biggest possible swath of audience enjoyment and participation has led to a dumbing down of film. Uh, mm-hmm. I know this is a little heavy to bring up on a comedy show, but I really liked how in Incredibles 2, when Elastigirl and the sister are talking, they're talking like real adults. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just, yeah. I, I liked that a lot. I would like there to be more movies where I'm like, Okay, this is intelligent conversation because Elastigirl is smart and the sister is a fucking tech genius. Yeah. It wasn't like I, it wasn't like jokes for adults. It was just two characters speaking like intelligent adults. And I, I, I feel like I feel like Walt Disney and Jim Henson, and then if you just kind of follow that trail after them, anyone that like followed in those footsteps are really the center of like kids movies that that do that 
that that like don't dumb it down that that will make it for children and for audiences now obviously if it's a straight made for children's they're not going to have super intelligent conversations but for the most part i feel like that i feel like all of them do a really good job well i just mean yes i i would agree that most pixar movies i don't know if it's the conversation but i think that the themes are there you know uh-huh. like up or fucking anything you know but I just really liked the fact that I was watching two characters speak intelligently and it was just character development. It wasn't exposition. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, it was exposition because that's what character development is in a perfect world. But I just really liked that. And I would like there to be more movies that aren't catering to the lowest common denominator because that's going to make people not smarter. You know, I think we need we yeah. need we need pop culture to be to to force people to think. Use your fucking brain a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so Scott, do you have anything else you want to talk about besides The Incredibles too? Oh yeah, you... I have more. Yeah. Let's so go. am I? Is it uh, Brian? Are you done? I watched Princess and the Frog too. It was a good movie. <laughs> yeah. I I like Princess and the Frog. I think yeah. that it's underappreciated as a Disney cartoon. All right, so I will mention one thing real quick because we've only gotten two episodes in. Megan and I started watching Umbrella Academy uh, two nights ago. It's visually good. Uh, I think the pacing is a little slow for a superhero show. That's about all I can say. I like it so far. Have you guys started it at all? No. It's basically X-Men. Yeah, I've never even really got into the Umbrella Academy comics and like I love my chemical romance, but I, I don't know. I don't have any faith in like pop punk guys making comic oh, books but for some reason. Oh, but a fucking D and D nerd, man. Always has been. Yeah, I mean I love I love listen, I've said it I said it online maybe two weeks ago, like I'd be all about if they were like, Hey, let's make a my chemical romance musical. Like I Ooh, would that'd be great, fucking yeah. go yeah, like like their music is so cinematic and like over the top anyway, like Give me Black Parade on stage, you know, like, and just throw Helena at the end or something. But like, I don't understand why everybody likes Black Parade more than Three Cheers because Three Cheers is a, a perfect fucking record. Well, no, no, no. My argument would be that Black Parade already has like the, the story. story. Yeah, I got like, you. but it, the thing like, is, it's is already written not, as a story. It would be a much more interesting stage show to do Three Cheers because it's about two souls that are damned to not be together through the ages. I think that that'd be fucking yeah. fantastic. I mean, find a way to smash both of them together. I just think that Welcome to the Black Parade is such a banger of a song that, like, hearing a musical version of it, I'd be like, fuck yes. <laughs> like, like, I love that song. Um, all right. But, so Umbrella Academy so is Umbrella good parade. enough so far. It's not. Umbrella Parade. <laughs> um, it's it's, it's uh, Megan. I think Megan likes it more than I do, actually. She's more emotionally invested. And I just want to see the powers, you know, it's just a little slow. <laughs> it's basically filling in the gap for me until uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. comes back for season six in May. So uh, I watched three uh, horror movies in a 24 hour period, not for the show, um, thinking that I would talk about thinking that they would be possible good episodes. Well, two of them. Okay. Uh, Nightmare Sisters from 1988, starring Linnea Quigley and a couple other naked ladies. Um, <laughs> quite possibly one of the worst horror movies I've watched. Like low effort, schlock exploitation horror movies that just had nothing going for it. 
The oh, it has one thing going for it. Linnea Quigley doing this. Um, have you guys seen it? No. no. Okay, it's not worth watching. It's basically like they filmed this movie over the course of two nights. It's so they they obviously gave them the script as they were doing the scenes, and they were like, okay, one take. Um, and then, and they must have spent like a thousand dollars on the film. It's really very cheap. Um, and it has no valid storyline, but, um, there's some nudity, but it's not sexy. Um, and then there is a really cool scene where Linnea does a, um, she like lip syncs this punk song. It's pretty fun, but that's, that's really, I mean, just watch that on YouTube and that's really all that you need to watch. So that was Real big disappointment. Luckily, I didn't pay for it, so there's that. Uh, and then I finally watched Happy Death Day because I'm gearing up to watch Happy Death Day to you, and I enjoyed it. it. Yeah, it's a really fun. It's 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 not that much of a horror movie. It's definitely more of a teen flick that has a horror vibe to it. But I I really like that movie, and I think that the lead actress is just adorable. You know, I, I like her, but I always have a hard time with movies where somebody's supposed to play an asshole. You know. I mean, yeah. she does have a character arc, and and she gets better, but um, still. That's what I mean. Her her the second half of the movie is, is absolutely adorable. Yeah, I, she is infuriating the first yeah. half of that. Movie. Well, and I th- I think the thing about it is that the um the conceit of a movie like that or Groundhog Day or you know where it's like they have to basically they're 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 playing the same level over and over again and they have to finally beat it. Um, it's hard for me to watch because. I see the progression and I get it. I get it. I get it. You know, like I would like to see somebody, I'm hoping that happy death day to you kind of passes over some of those tropes in and makes it a little bit better pacing because I always have a hard time with the pacing of films like that. So, so I will say, cause that was going to be the next thing I talked about. Um, saw happy death day to you. It's not better than the original, but it's still a lot of fun. Um, they do a thing that, some people are going to hate I loved is that they explain how the time loop happened. Um, and the plot line is basically tied around having to close that loop, mm-hmm. but it also toys with alternate dimensions now. See, that does it for me. I yeah, want like, the so explanation. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a fun explanation. And because they use alternate dimensions, it actually has like one or two really well done touching dramatic moments that like I didn't expect when I went to see it. Uh, so I walked away really, really happy with that movie. I don't think it's my favorite film of the, I don't think it'll be my favorite film of the year. I don't think it'll be in my top 10, but it, it's a good one that I will look forward to watching to multiple times when it comes out on DVD yeah, yeah. and trying to find little Easter eggs of like, Oh, this is an, in, like this implies this. and blah, blah, blah. I, Here's the one thing I want to say. And then I have one last thing and then I'm done. Um, so about happy death day, uh, I, I knew going into it because the movie is a year old. I knew who the killer was and I was like, okay, I wonder how they're going to get to it. But then I was like, wait, are there two killers? Um, cause of the serial killer that killed her mom. And, um, my, and don't say anything because I don't want to have anything ruined for happy death day to you. But, um, <laughs> my best, rewrite of this of the happy death day script would have been that the killer the serial killer had created the time loop so that he could torture the daughter of someone he killed like i I think that that would have been a really great 
you know, instead of him being like a patsy, I would have loved it if that was actually what it was. All right. So, I mean, that's I I have no I have no skills or money to make a film, but uh, you know, that's that's what I would do if if some pleb like me was allowed to take the reins of a, you know, 20 million dollar film. Uh, and then I watched All Cheerleaders Die finally. Um, it's a Lucky McKee film. Lucky McKee has did one of my top 5 favorite horror movies of all time, May. Um, and it is very campy and not very good. I don't love it. All right. Yeah, I didn't love his movie The Women. The Woman. Uh, I, I, I refuse to watch it. Like, yeah, I f- I feel like Adam McKee is kind of Lucky. like it's May, and that's it. You know what I mean? Well, he also did. Is the weird thing about Lucky McKee is that he did May, which is such a fucking good movie, and then he did the the gender bent reverse called Roman, which is really really boring. It has none of okay. the charm of May, and then he did like. Um, the fuck is that? The, the it's like that '60s school in England, the woods or something like that. I guess, yeah. yeah. And that I, was a real disappointment. Yeah, I think that he was one of those guys who started off strong and then it just kind of fizzled. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I, I doubt he'd ever listen to this show, but I just I want to know what that magic formula was for May because he's worked with Angela Bettis and other films i did he also do the carry remake i don't think so i don't think he did the carry oh remake. no she did it angela bettis i believe directed yeah, that she, and starred in it no no it was um fuck no it was uh uh god he made a bunch of tv shows that never lasted more than a season <laughs> um wonder falls he did hannibal he did brian singer um, not brian singer brian uh, uh brian fuller br- the, yeah, Brian Fuller did the carry. Yeah, wow, he did the carry TV movie. because it was supposed to spin into a TV oh. show. I think was the plan, and it bombed so badly that they never followed. Also, why did he? <laughs> Poor guy, still trying, man. <laughs> but Brian, the thing about Brian Fuller is that he makes really good TV. Really good TV. He does. I wanted that. He just makes good TV that not enough people well, watch. Well, he got what three seasons out of Hannibal. Yeah, Hannibal was his most successful. Yeah, and it's critically acclaimed. Some of the best. I mean, I've never watched it. I want to. I just haven't gotten around to it because it's not streaming that I know of currently. Um, but, you know, Brian Pushing Daisies would have finished the second season. It was critically acclaimed. It was such a wonderful show. The writer's strike just totally fucked it. So, you know, that's what happened yeah, with Pushing and- Daisies. And then they were going to do that 666, um, the Monsters remake, right? Yeah, yeah, I was uh, 66 um, Mockingjay Lane, like whatever their uh, Mocking, Mockingbird Lane. Mockingbird Lane was the name of the show that he was writing. Yeah, and I liked gotcha. the, they only did the pilot. I liked the pilot well enough. If they would have been able to flesh out those characters and Brian Fuller would have been able to do his kind of, you know, he's got like a little Tim Burton-esque thing, but Tim Burton uh, that with the sense to fucking pull it down a couple pegs. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, because I love like oh, Dead, like, Dead me, like Me, I right? still think I think Dead Like Me is so good. And then they did the movie without his writing and his consent and like half the cast. And it, it's so bad. It's such a bad send off to what was a really good creative show. Um, Yeah, that's upsetting. But yeah, he he wrote the, the Carrie TV gotcha. movie or whatever. Um, So I'm going to just cram a bunch of these together because you said that was it for yeah your that's list. everything i had 
Brian, do you have any more left? Yeah, I have a few. All right, I'll split this into two pieces then. Uh, so I am, A, trying to see all of the movies that are nominated for Best Picture for the Oscars that I haven't seen, and B, uh, I like dumb action movies. So I saw Cold Pursuit starring Liam Neeson, which was... The one where he's in the, a truck? He's a plow... Yeah, he's a plow man. It is so much fun. It It makes no sense that I like this movie as much as I do, but it's... The way I described it was like if Wes Anderson directed a Death Wish movie. So it's got <laughs> it's got the premise it's got the premise of a Death Wish movie, but it's got the comedic timing of like Rushmore and the Royal Tenenbaums. Where that's really weird, nothing, man. It's really weird, and like the crowd doesn't know how. To, like, there's a scene where it's just a close up of a dog taking a shit. What? There's like a yeah. There's like a scene where. Um, this sets like what the comedic tone is in the movie is when they go to see their son who's killed in the first two minutes of the movie before you have any emotional attachment to him. They have to identify the body in the morgue and they play it up for laughs for some reason by having them standing in the morgue and the mortician is slowly cranking the body up on like the little thing. But it's just complete silence except for just like the <laughs> noise as like the things cranking what up slowly and it's like. It's so strange. It's the strangest movie I've watched in a long time. But I was like, I went into it like, this is going to be so bad, but like, I'm going to have fun. And I was like, that movie was like Fargo. Like, it was just like, we're a violent, ridiculous movie that also is not taking itself seriously at all. And you shouldn't have an emotional attachment to anybody and just like, enjoy it. Um, of the Oscar movies that I saw, I still have to see Vice, but beyond that, I've seen all of the movies that were nominated. Uh, I saw Green Book last night, and it was good. I think it has a good chance of winning because it, you know, ticks a lot of boxes, but it's problematic. Um, problematic in the way of it's a movie about a black musician in the 60s that needs his Italian driver to introduce him to fried chicken and Motown music. Uh, insulting um but i think that the people who vote will be like yeah see racism isn't so bad like and then vote for it but the movie that should win and scott you will hate this movie and brian you will probably like this movie is the favorite um from the guy who did killing of a sacred deer and lobster i hated (laughs) killing of a sacred deer yeah, this I think you'd like more um, because okay. it's it's more played for laughs than anything. It's just a really fucking weird movie about a lesbian love triangle between the queen and like two uh, people vying for her power. So it's got like a Game of Thrones vibe, but um, it like does these weird things where like there'll be like classical music playing and they'll be at a dance, but like they're doing hip hop dancing to the cl- classical music. Like, it's very weird juxtaposition throughout it (laughs) yeah oh you would despise it like the whole time i'm watching i'm like this might be one of my favorite movies of of 2018 scott will hate it (laughs) like like i could just tell but i was like but brian might be charmed by it maybe i could also like it's those movies where i could see people absolutely loving it or despising it and both opinions are correct (laughs) so uh those are those are where i'm at i gotta watch vice tonight and then i'll i'll probably have my final feelings but Everything I'm hearing is that Vice is is some good performances in an okay movie. Um, but all right, Brian, you do your last few and then I'll wrap up mine. Okay, I'll do these. So I'll take that out. So now I'll just go through the four 
watched The Ritual finally. Really enjoyed it. I okay. thought it was a good little horror movie. Um, not much to talk about because it's a, I'm a year late and everyone else has already seen it. I still um, haven't seen it, so I'll uh, okay. check it out then. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Uh, Sharp Objects. Still not sure how I feel about it. Either really good or pretty dumb. It's it's a Blumhouse show on uh, on HBO starring, what the hell is her name? Amy Adams. Amy, I Amy Adams. I, I'll say this. I don't know how I feel about the show, but I do know that Amy Adams' performance was fucking incredible. And I loved it. Um, Polar, I watched, which is an over-the-top action film. Matt, you would probably really enjoy it. It's very Guy Ritchie crank, like combined. Um, the only my only quarrel with it is there is a dead dog that serves no purpose being a dead dog. Um, being in a movie, I mean, like uh, at least John Wick. That's the whole basis of the movie. There's just a dog getting killed for no reason, and I think that it was done for comedic value, which makes me dislike it even more um but the rest of the movie was great and then velvet buzzsaw oh this is the movie this is the movie of 2019 this is my slice this is a movie that everyone will absolutely hate and i absolutely adored from I know Jade end. hated it, right? Jade I saw, despised it. I saw on Instagram she just had a picture of the closing credits and said, well, that was a waste of my night. Yeah. <laughs> she hated it. I loved it. I, first of all, I love any fuck you to, like, the arrogant art culture. <laughs> you just and that's don't what understand the whole... art, man. <laughs> yeah, like that. It's that. It, it's just shitting on those, like, type of people, you know? Um I don't know, man. I, I don't know how either of you would feel about it, but I, I strongly suggest both of you watch it. I fucking loved it. The, once you watch it, I can talk about a specific death that I loved. But uh, yeah, that's I'm going to close the Velvet Buzzsaw. Fucking right. big fan. All right. So I've got a few things that I want to just quickly mention. Um, went and saw Punchline. Hung out with Punchline. Saw Punchline the other week uh if you haven't picked up their album lion you absolutely should it's their best album in years it's so good uh and i saw a band that opened for them called the big fat meanies that were absolutely delightful they were like prog rock ska uh, and i got to hang out and talk with them backstage they're really cool people i think they even listen to the show now so thanks for listening uh specifically zach who i talked to forever about how great a new hope is um i finally bit the bullet and started watching RuPaul's Drag Race, and I am obsessed. Uh, rock through season six. Big fan of Bianca Del Rio. Season one, not so great. Season two, I'm still angry at the fact that Tyra Sanchez <laughs> won that. Just the most infuriating person I can possibly imagine. Should not have been in the final three. Shouldn't have been in the final ten. She was trash and somehow won. It should have been Raven. I, I believe that in my heart. Um and I got to talk about the cultural phenomenon, the current cultural phenomenon. Brian said that he's already had it ruined for him. Um, so I'm going to talk about Abducted in Plain Sight. Ah, Scott, I know you haven't watched it. I am not going it. to watch it. Megan will probably watch it. And I know it. you're not going to watch it. So here's the thing. I'm going to tell you what happens in this movie. And I'm telling you this now so that people who are listening who want to watch it can stop listening. That's why I saved it for last. Because I just want to hear your reaction to a piece of this. I, I guess you're directing this towards Scott, right? 
Yeah, yeah, because I know that you said Jade already ruined it for you. Yeah, she told so, me everything. Yeah, so Abducted in Plain Sight is about how this next-door neighbor... It starts off with just telling you that this next-door neighbor, this family friend, kidnaps their 12-year-old daughter, and it feels like it's just a cut-and-dry like kidnapping story. And then they jump three years back in time, and this movie should just be called The World's Worst Parents because <laughs> he basically was planning on doing this for years and his way of being able to just kidnap their daughter without them pressing charges was that he decided to seduce the mom and then black and blackmail her. But then he also seduced the father and blackmailed (laughs) him. (laughs) So there's this scene and he's become a meme now is he's like, yeah, you know, I knew that he was not really happy in his marriage and we were driving together, just two friends. And he was saying like, man, I never have sex with my wife. I just want some relief. Can you give me some relief, Bob? And, you know, I I wanted to be a good friend. So I reached over and I gave him some relief. What? <laughs> <laughs> and it's at that point where you're just like, is this a parody? This can't be real. This can't be is a real person. Is that how that guy actually, like... That's how he words in the it. Interview? And, like, now there's... A, yeah, Holy and shit. now there's just a bunch of pictures of him because he has, like, a shrug in the movie. So people have taken like that picture of him doing a shrug. And it's like when your friend wants relief, <laughs> like like he's so nonplus about it. And then just it's it's so increasingly more insane. And like it's awful what happened to this girl, but she's she's okay. Like she managed to like make something out of her life. She wrote a book and is now like an actress who appears in like Iron Man three, and she's in Maniac, and she's in a bunch of movies. But just like you're watching it, and and the overarching thing that they keep pointing out is like this was 1976 no one knew what a pedophile was no one knew what a child molester was like that was so out of like people's brains as a possibility that like when she's just gone for five days like i don't know maybe they just went off to hang out and lost track of time like i don't know like but it is it is insane i heard one podcaster say i had to watch it twice in a row just so that my brain could actually accept that what was happening actually happened because it seems so outrageous. Um, so take a chance and watch it. But yeah, I just wanted to hear Scott's reaction to the uh, need some relief because I'm going to be asking for that a whole lot at Monster Dude, this, uh, <laughs> yeah. this is just a rehash of the bro job meme. Choo-choo! Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's the, uh, you know, it's the friendship test from the... <laughs> from, uh, <laughs> from the tenacious d cd so um have i ever told you guys on air about bro job the 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 parody metal band no, no. that's a great it's, name it's exactly what you think it is it's like metal like um metalcore you know kind of like hardcore and uh, breakdowns and metal death metal tropes it's like a deathcore fake deathcore band and um they have songs like talk shit get kissed and uh <laughs> we are the boyfriend stealers and stuff like that uh and so it's all like basically giving the middle finger um to all the hyper masculinity and hardcore and, and death metal and like the deathcore scenes and uh there's just a great line in uh we uh talk shit get kissed where he goes if there's one thing in life i've learned is how to take a load <laughs> <laughs> um so, Brian, just throwing this out there, was there anything else important that happened in February that you want to talk about? I tricked my girlfriend into becoming my wife. Well, no, no, <laughs> fiance. You got 
fiance, baby yeah, steps here. Yeah, buddy. like you got well, the guy I, gets you the next. I didn't say I got married. I'm just saying I I tricked her into becoming my wife. I don't know by saying yes to it. the engagement. Yeah. I have no idea either. But it was a very sweet video that I got I don't. To I didn't get to see the video. Motherfucker posted fucking screen caps. Because he couldn't, he couldn't center his phone properly. And first of all, if you saw by the screen caps, you guys are lucky I even put screen caps up because I, I was like, man, I've been putting on some weight. Let me get a striped sweater so I look slimmer. But I forgot that that's vertical, and I got a horizontal striped sweater, which just made me. I looked like one of the twins in Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. Can I? So I want to say one thing about the video. Some tears were shed, most of mine. <laughs> well, well, no. So we all know that Brian is like super hyper anxious. My favorite mo- moment in the in the video. I I mean, we all the whole family teared up at points while watching it. But he asks her to be his wife. She starts crying and she's crying and she's crying and he starts to consult her. And then it's like forty five seconds of her crying and then he just goes, so. Is that a yes? <laughs> <laughs> and it's so genuinely like, I don't know if she's. Dude, I've been there. I've been there. When I proposed <laughs> to Megan, I, I she knew it was going to happen. And she said, are you really doing this right now? And I was like, fuck, abort, abort. Because I thought that she was like <laughs> going to say no. But she just was shocked that it was happening at that point. So like, that's, oh, man, I feel for you, Bri. Yeah. <laughs> Well, congratulations, Brian. Uh, looking forward to the next year of our family driving you crazy. And, um, you know, it'll be a good time regardless. Well, and Megan is excited because she said HMN Wives Club. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, Matt. Your can wife, you can. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you ever see Lars and the mean, Real have... Girl? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say this is South Park with Jennifer Lopez, but oh, sure ben. that works. <laughs> oh, Ben! <laughs> taco, taco, taco flavor, Casey. Goddamn! See, like I can. Get... Why am I doing that with my hand? I'm doing it with my hand. <laughs> oh, see, you guys are always like, "Oh, Scott, you've probably never seen this this South Park." Oh, you can't you avoid the, the taco one flavor kids South ones. Park that I know. <laughs> I mean, that one was a classic. Uh, All right. Well, guys, we'll be back next month with more of this. Um, But this is the last thing that we're recording before Monster Mania. So, guys, Monster Mania, it's happening. It's going to be a blast. You should be there. We've got new shirts coming out from Studio House Designs, which is super cool of them. We've got tote bags now. We've got enamel pins. Our buddy uh, Kyle's going to be hanging out at the booth with us. Um Kyle from Survival of the Film Freaks. Survival of the Film Freaks. He's going to be Kyle from Horror Finds, who's going to bring some of his Horror Finds merch out to sell. Uh, Scott, you're going to have a new album out by then. Uh, We're going to finally hang out with the guys from Fright School. We're going to be hanging out with the Jersey Ghouls. We're going to be hanging out with our boy Dylan, uh, Sean from Cassettes. uh, Allison. Allison. It's just going to be a whole crew hangout. It's going to be so much fun. We're going to be recording episodes in our hotel room, but... I'm going to have an open door policy. If people want to come and hang out while we're recording, you might get to have some special guests pop up on the mic as we record all those episodes. So it's going to be a fun fucking weekend. You should be there. Um, go New into Jersey. New, New Jersey. Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Come check it out. It's going to be a blast. 
Uh, and then, you know, we've got an episode coming out on Friday, so we look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? You're listening to the Geekscape Network.